Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. the hot mess known as the sports animals good morning ohio because i'm us chris hart and gary dickman now on espn honolulu and uh, lots to follow this morning first of all uh just a few days away from rainbow warrior football getting back at it on the road against new mexico state and it might seem weird to hear it like this but i think this is an important game uh as new mexico and hawaii both two wins on the season both zero and two in the mountain west both in desperate need of their first conference win one of them will get it all right uh very good analysis there uh basketball uh they go at it tomorrow against saint mary's uh it's the outrigger charity invitational our first look at the bows on the court yeah, you very rarely see a D1 school versus another D1 school in these exhibition games. So it's going to be a tough test, even though it doesn't count. But I think it will be fun to see the new players and the returnees going up against a nationally ranked team. All right. Uh, Rainbow Wahine uh, basketball. Once again, they are picked in the uh, Big West preseason coaches poll. Uh, number one in the preseason poll again for the uh, Rainbow Wahine. I don't know a lot about the other teams and who's coming back, but I know our team has a lot of quality players coming back. They've won the tournament the last two years, so probably not too much of a surprise, but great news. And uh, I'm sure they'd rather be number one at the end of the season like any coach, but it's good to get that recognition now. It's game day for uh, Coach Bud and the Rainbow Wahine soccer team. Uh, They're back home out at YPO tonight, 7 o'clock against UCSB. And they are still trying to get uh, to qualify for the Big West tournament, they're in fifth place right now. The top six make it. They uh, final meaning? two home. Rainbow Wahina, the team we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so they could use that win tonight and on Sunday on Senior Weekend uh, to get more points and hopefully get in there one more time for only the second time. All right, and uh, you know we, we were uh, you were just mentioning before uh, we got an email uh, coming up about a press conference in the. Regarding the Big West tomorrow at University of Hawaii, what is that, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning? Yes. So there's a press conference tomorrow with um, President Lassner, Dan Butterly, who's the um, the commissioner of the Big West, and somebody else. But it's uh, – I, it, I wonder what kind of announcement is being made that, uh. it's, that it's with our president – and Dan Butterly. Now, if this is a Mountain West conference, uh, a press conference, we, we would be hoping, oh, we're going to be a full-fledged member of the Mountain West. <laughs> well, hopefully no one from the Big West is listening. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's what could it possibly be? That's just crazy. I mean, I know you don't know. I'm not asking you specifically. I'm just uh, wondering, it, because I've thought about this. I mean, I can't possibly imagine 
what the big press conference would be about. Well, Hawaii tourism is going to be there as well, so I'm not sure if that leads to something else. I think the fact that David Lastner is there, I thought about that, might be because the athletic director, Craig Angelis, is going to be with a football team in New Mexico. I don't know if that's the reason why the president instead of the AD will be there, but I thought that was a little uh, different to have the president instead of the AD, but that got to be the reason why, or I would think that's the reason why. Maybe the, it's because um, the HTA... What do they? What do they? Uh, what do they sponsor? Is that the, the Big Ma- West the, tournament? The Big West tournament. Yes. Maybe there's going to be more involvement uh, as far as sponsorship from the from HTA. Uh, I mean, I guess that would be it. I mean, maybe it's not that big a deal, and they're just looking for publicity for something. Well, they're going to make an announcement about something, obviously. And again, with Hawaii tourism involved, I just thought it might be along the lines of a conference tournament sponsorship, whether it's baseball, which will be starting, uh, softball. Uh, obviously, we already have it for basketball teams already. But yeah, I think I, I would think it might be along those lines. But we'll but why in Hawaii then? Why do it? Because, oh, because the HTA is here, I guess. Yeah if they're going to be the sponsor of one of these tournaments like they are for basketball. So we'll find out in a little over 24 hours, but I, I they know didn't a lot make of the, They there. didn't make the announcement last time the HTA was, you know, when they sponsored the uh, the tournament. That's why it's like, what? Was it? It, it sounds like it's such a big deal. Maybe I'm, am I, maybe I'm too, a little too anxious about this. Well, I think we're all anxious and curious. Uh, I mean, they just released an announcement that there's going to be a press conference. I don't know if that makes it a big deal. All right, we'll move on here. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Looking forward to Rainbow Warrior football coming up this weekend. And our countdown to kickoff crew, they're going to be out at Big City Diner in Pearl Ridge. Uh, They haven't been there in a, a long time, so we'll look forward to that. But I see here a stat here in the game notes. You know, I think one of the keys to success for this would be Braden, the, the Shager Bombs, which uh, all of the country knows about now, the Shager Bombs. I see here a note, though, that Braden Shager leads the FBS with seven 50-plus yard passes. Pretty good. That is really good. I'm not sure what the rest of the country knows about that. Uh, I'm just saying on national TV, they were talking about the Shager Bombs over and over again. I, you know, more people knew about it. Then, uh, you know, the, the after last weekend than before, I guess. Maybe so, but uh, hopefully we'll have a few on Saturday. And again, he and Stephen McBride have got a great thing going. Uh, McBride leads the team with six touchdowns, and Saturday night didn't have a touchdown, but he had two catches of over 60 yards. So, I mean, he definitely has done his part, and he is obviously uh, the recipient of the uh, the Shager bombs and done a great job, and hopefully that will continue. I mean, it's led to a lot more success on offense. And Saturday night, over 400 passing yards in the final three quarters. I think the offense was really gelling. At least the passing game wasn't. The running game doesn't seem to have really got on track really at all this season, but the passing right. game seemed to be getting better and better. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't. They didn't run the ball that much. They didn't even try to run the ball that much. Well, they right because when they do, they're not. You know, they're not getting enough out of it. And I think that's the main reason. And that's well, also you're were... trailing, and when you're down seventeen nothing, you're probably going to pass a little bit more at that point, like in the second quarter. Right, but you're not panicking at in the second quarter and going. You know, abandoning the run in the second quarter of a football game. When you're down you seventeen know, that's, points that's what... and the way the running game has been yeah. all year, I think they kind of did. No, I don't think they did. Because go go back and look at uh, some of the stats. One of our rushers, I can't remember because I, I I I'm doing the one snap and clear and moving on to um, New Mexico. I mean that game is done. But um, I, I'll find the stats. 
one of the rushers had a pretty good average, but they only, I don't know if it was, not Hines, he didn't even play. Uh, if it was Lillet or it was, I know it wasn't Landon Sims didn't have a great average uh, because he got stopped in the backfield a couple of times, but he also had some uh, some key runs, first down runs as well, at least one of them. But um, anyway, I wanted to uh, go back to this because we got a couple of texts. I didn't think about this. The uh, texter texted in, and thank you for this, about the press conference. says, probably announcing a conference tournament that will take place in Hawaii. See, I didn't even think about that. Could be that. Yeah, that makes sense, too. That makes sense, too. Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to get to that. Anyway, what else are you thinking on this game with uh, New Mexico State, GD? Well, it's not New Mexico State. It's New Mexico. So I mean, New Mexico. Thing, CH. Uh, I'm thinking that Hawaii's got to start and maybe get some points in the first quarter. That would really help. We talked to Danny Gonzalez, the New Mexico coach, yesterday, and looking up some of their uh, numbers this year, their offense isn't that bad, uh, averaging about 28.5 points right around there a game. And it's the defense. Their defense has been really suspect, but it's kind of similar to Hawaii as far as the points per game let up, both in the 35-point game, 35 points a game range. They are a team that leads the country in penalties per game, 9.3. Oh, so that, that's, that's good, good. Uh, especially with Hawaii <laughs> kind of fixing that, at least in recent weeks, only two last week. So maybe Hawaii will have a little bit of an advantage there. They Again, their, weak, their weakness is definitely their defense. They've got a whole bunch of new players. They've used the transfer portal. And again, these teams are not going to go to the Mountain West Championship game. They know that. These teams are almost not going to qualify for a bowl game. I think they're aware that that's going to be pretty unlikely. But you want to maybe try to salvage your season. And I think for the team that does get a win and is at 1-2 and two in the conference and gets their third win of the season as opposed to the other option, it is a pretty important game. I mean, this te- the season's not over. Some of the goals are going to be really difficult to reach, like a bowl game. But you still want to finish strong. And you have a stretch right now, if you're Hawaii, where you've got New Mexico, San San Jose, and then Nevada in a row. This is the time you've got to win these games. There have been a couple of games this year where they haven't been able to get over that hump, like last Saturday, beating a team that they're capable of. They've got to take care of business. So even though, again, big picture, it's not going to mean as much, but for Hawaii this week, I think it's a really important game to, again, try to salvage their season and get a little confidence and maybe a little winning streak going. Yeah, the only problem is these two out of the three next games are road games. So what I'm looking for is, again, continued improvement we saw some improve we saw improvement in tackling we've seen improvement in the passing game hawaii getting into that rhythm we've seen the quarterback get rid of the ball quicker than he has in the past so these are all good things um i i'm looking forward to hopefully peter manuma being 100 percent healed from his injury because we saw what the defense looks like without manuma in the game but again uh hawaii is four and four Against New Mexico, now that doesn't mean anything about this team, obviously, but Hawaii has not won a road game uh, under Timmy Chang's uh, regime yet. It's still very early, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're over on the road, and uh, this is a road game. So, you know, if Hawaii can pull out a road win, I think that is, goes a long way to boosting confidence. I think these guys are confident right now. You know, I think they were confident a month ago. It's just not everything is planned out. They didn't, you know, they shot himself in the foot with the um, with the penalties and things like that. But sitting down with Pofeli Ashlock and Braden Shager last month, those guys were confident back then. 
All that is great. They got to get some wins though now, and I think they're in a position yeah. now where they can do that. And even though these are road games, New Mexico just got destroyed, I believe, at home last week against the San Jose State team that was one in five. The Nevada right. game, that the other road game you're talking about in this stretch, they are re- they are the worst team in the Mountain West right now. They are the worst team. So even though they're road games and you haven't had one under Timmy Chang yet, these are the opportunities to get them. If you're not going to get them in one of these two games, I don't think you're going to get them for a while. Uh, I know there's not many left this season, but these are the opportunities you have. If you can show the improvement, like you're saying, and they have, if you can continue to improve a little bit, cut down on some of the mistakes and the penalties like they did last week, turnovers, obviously you got to cut down on. You can Mm -hmm. win either or both of these games. Not going to be easy. It's no guarantee, but these are the opponents you really need to beat if you're going to get over that hump and take that next step. What do you mean both of these games? You mean Nevada, the, th- the three Nevada, games coming and, up? Well, Nevada and New Mexico, the road oh, the games. Road games. The road game, and sandwiched You're talking about the road San, games. And sandwiched around San Jose State in a little over a week for homecoming. Yeah. So, yeah. No, definitely they got to, they, you know, they got to clean up those mistakes. But, you know, the um, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to these games coming up because, we, I mean, we went from Vanderbilt to Stanford, who just beat Colorado. Then we had, a, you know, a, uh, we had that win against you, Albany, but Oregon. I mean, then we win New Mexico. We get blown out on the road at UNLV. You lose a close one to San Diego State. I mean, this this is the easier. Yes, this is the easier part of the schedule on paper. Yet the University of Hawaii still is not a favorite to win this game. I think it's switched, which is still crazy. I mean, this line has gone up and down, and that's something you don't usually see. Unless it's a big injury to, like, say, a starting quarterback or a key skill position player. But to go up and down about three points in the last couple of days. uh, Because I saw New Mexico as a favorite of two, two and a half. And now I'm saying Hawaii is a favorite by one. That was yesterday, at least. So this is kind of crazy. But I get what what are you you looking at? Well, different sites. I mean, I looked at um, a Las Vegas site and saw that Hawaii was now a favorite. And uh, the thing is... This game is a game that's up for grab. I think that's what we can say about this. Right now, you can't say, well, anybody should win. Both teams are struggling big time. Both teams are not doing well in conference. And, I again, it's the opportunity to get that first win in conference, I think, should be motivation enough against an opponent that both teams probably feel they should be able to beat. And hopefully they'll yeah. be able to take care of that. But right now, I think this is a, a, a gimme game. I mean, a, a game that could go either way. That either team that really plays their best football and – Again, both teams are struggling. New Mexico's had their share of problems. They've only beaten Tennessee Tech and UMass. Not a, they lost to New Mexico State. It was actually pretty good. It's got five wins now in the season, by the way. Yeah. That was, you know, that New Mexico State's a good team. But this is a team that is like it's a perfect scenario for Hawaii coming off a couple of tough losses to get a team that you should be able to beat. You know, I I, um, I like the fact that Hawaii actually scored a bunch of points. Uh, in the last game right. uh, against San Diego State, I mean, 34 points. I mean, they scored more against San Diego State than we did against U Albany. That's a good sign because, as far as as far as offense and defense and uh, you know the scoreboard goes, we're, we're the same place we are we are this year as we were last year. That hasn't improved uh, any. Now you know we've had you know it's a couple of really tough games, but then every year you have a couple of tough games, right? You got Oregon's and these guys coming in. Michigan or whatever. Yeah. So that's no excuse. But uh, if Hawaii, and maybe that's why the line went down, where Hawaii was minus two, two days, uh, excuse me, plus two. No, minus, Hawaii, they were, yeah, they were plus, plus two. Yeah. They were plus two two days ago. 
and now they're minus one. Uh, I'm just looking at one site, but uh, a lot of money must have switched over to Hawaii just because of the you know of the points that they scored. So I don't know. Maybe it was somebody's lead pipe stone cold lock of the week. Who knows? But uh, I guess number one concern: get a victory on the road. It's seven seventeen with the sports animals here. Partly cloudy, partly sunny today. It's really kind of partly cloudy in some places turning mostly sunny and then partly cloudy. Ah, it's a little mismass of each. We might even have a couple of showers later on. Trades are back at 5 to 15. We'll check your traffic coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. But first, for all your UH and NFL football watching needs, head on over to 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open early Sundays at 6 a.m. and they show every single NFL game. They got awesome menu specials. It's the home of the new video wall. And once again, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl, the place for UH college and NFL football. And he says, water and you just like the sea. It's moving and grooving to the rhythm of the ocean. Hear the rhythm, rhythm on the ocean. Hey, thank you for texting in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. We'll get to those in a bit here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, we've got uh, Rainbow Walking A volleyball tickets to give away. Keep listening for that. It's for uh, the game against Riverside on Saturday at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Well, we started the show out with this and off uh, with this, and the uh, for the second straight year, Rainbow Walking A basketball team. Uh, well, they say uh, the coaches say they're going to be tops. In the Big West. Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised by that. I mean, they've won the tournament the last two years, won regular season championship. And even though you lost a few players, you still have Lily back, and that's one big uh, player right there. You've got a few other players back, Lily Wahini Kapu and Deja Phillips on the first team coaches preseason Big West team, and rightfully so. Uh, I think they should be at near the top. And I know it's not going to be easy. They're going to have the target on their back. There's just so much talent on this team. And I think for fans, they should be used to this part no matter what the record looks like going into big west play don't judge this team yet they have a pretty tough schedule with stanford as their first regular season game on the road Mm -hmm. uh that in itself is going to be tough i'm not sure about some of the other teams in these other tournaments i know they have washington coming in again uh probably a pretty good team in the power five conference but no matter what they've looked like in the preseason again tough schedules every year uh, big west starts and they usually at least in recent years have been at the top or right near the top and last man standing at the end so this team has enough talent to be in the running and should be expected to repeat yeah and you know the thing about when you um mentioned lily wahine kapu and deja phillips i mean the, the the one word comes to mind with those two is the word tough i mean you see lily lily is she's undersized she's small yet she backs down to nobody she goes at you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if more sec is trying to guard the rim. Lily Wahine Kapu is is going to the hoop. I mean, these uh these guys are going to be. I'm really looking forward uh, to this season. Um, Kelsey Imai, Melani McBee are going to be back. Melani, of course, the, the sharpshooter. Um, Ashley Toms is back. Imani Perez. That's the one that a lot of people are really looking forward to because she's only uh yeah she was on the all freshman team last year. Imani Parez, 
And then you got the Michigan State transfer, uh, Brooklyn Ruers, coming in. It'd be uh, hopefully we get a chance to see her real soon. But yeah, a lot of talent coming back. And like you said, led by Lily and Deja, this is going to be a fun season. By the way, uh, UC Irvine, Hawaii uh, uh, was first place with 95 points. I know that doesn't mean much, but they had six first place votes. Irvine was second with two first place votes. UC Davis was third with three um, first place votes. It's a real, as far as the coaches, uh, it could be a, you know, a pick them between UC Irvine or UC Davis. I mean, those are kind of 1A and 1B following the Rainbow Warriors. But uh, really looking, yeah, the Rainbow Wahine. Uh, looking, looking forward to that. Over the last, I think it's seven years, it's either been Hawaii or Davis winning the Big West. It's been those two schools. And Davis has been really good over those years. Uh, not quite as good last year. And you mentioned some of those players, but also you got Jackie David coming back. And I, I love what she can do down low. A really good player is going to be a junior. Olivia Davies. They've, again, they've got a lot of talent back. Again, you're always going to lose a couple of players, but they don't lose like four starters or three starters. It seems like they've got such a big nucleus coming back almost every year, uh, recently at least. So uh, they will be hunted, uh, but they uh, will be the best team on paper. And I don't think, again, those surprise there. They will have an exhibition game on November 1st against UH Hilo, and then they start their season a week later again at at Stanford, but this is a team that hopefully fans will be on board with before the end of the season comes when fans start jumping on that bandwagon and realizing this is a great team. This already is a really good team, if not a great team coming into the season. Maybe that's added pressure, but we know what they've done in the past. And I, you mentioned Lily. She should have been the MVP of the Big West Tournament last year. I know I voted for her. I forget which player won it for Hawaii, uh, but still, she is a fantastic player, so smart. And her sister comes back, remember, too. Jovi Lafoto, she was out last year over the second half of the season. Oh, that's right. We had a bunch of injuries last year. I remember that. Didn't we have three ladies were injured, and then they made a uh, in the tournament. They made us. They they flew them up, and they surprised the rest of the team by showing up. Yeah. You know the way that um, the way that Laura Beeman is able to schedule, and it's nothing against Iran Ganat because Iran Ganat's trying his best. Nobody wants to play the men's team, but. Um, you know, it's really women's basketball is so much different than men's basketball, where somebody like Stanford will come and do a home and home with the University of Hawaii, where Stanford men's basketball would never do that. You have the same thing where the best teams in the country are willing to come to Hawaii in men's volleyball. Look at baseball, the way they're able to schedule their non-conference um, non-conference games. It's just it, it's. So when Hawaii plays Stanford's in the preseason, and, well, who was Hawaii's last game against last year? Well, the national champions, Angel Reese and the LSU. I mean, they, in uh, sitting down the other night with uh, Melanie McBee, they really gain a lot more than you would think by playing these games. So uh, maybe that's why we're so good. Maybe that's why, you know, the transfer portal's working for Coach B. Maybe that's why also the... Um, you know, she's recruiting good players is because of the schedule, too. You know, the win-loss record at the end of the year, you know, it doesn't it, it isn't the fanciest because of the schedule, I think, like what you said in the uh, beginning. But at the same time, this this schedule wins championships. 
One of the things I found really interesting and surprising as well, you mentioned we talked about Stanford. There have been a lot of really, really good teams that have come here over the years, top 10, top 20 type team, is that they don't get the guarantee like on the men's side. You know, like for a team to come here to play Hawaii, like let's say it's Kentucky or anything else, you got to promise them X amount of dollars, uh, maybe some hotel rooms, maybe airfare, whatever it is. But for the women's team, specifically Stanford, because I did ask about that, they don't get any of that. And they still are willing to come here. So it's great that Stanford has come. We've had other, you know, Pac-12 teams come over here and some other teams like Texas A&M has been here, I think, a couple of times. Uh, I think South Carolina was even here several years ago. So they do get really good teams on this. Baylor was here with Brittany Griner. I remember going to that game. Uh, They do really get really good teams to come here. And I guess it's a little easier when you don't have to pay them to do that. But these teams are still willing, like you said. All right. uh, It's game day tomorrow for the Rams. Rainbow Warrior basketball team. It's you know it's an exhibition game, but our first chance to check them out. We have more details on that, and we'll check the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Another look at traffic is upcoming, but before we do that, I want to remind you, HCAP is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Parents, coaches, and athletes, check out the website to learn more about recognizing concussion system uh, symptoms. It's very educational and very interesting. Uh, the website, check it out for HCAMP, the Hawaii, uh, excuse me, hawaiiconcussion.com. All right, Rainbow Warrior Basketball, your Rainbow Warrior Basketball team. The Outrigger Charity Invitational tomorrow. Get your tickets. They're only $20 for adults. Free seating. Uh, first come, first serve. And uh, Utes, the Utes, just $10. But uh, the money raised, of course, goes to Maui. Uh, but they've got all kinds of great um, activities going on. In fact, you can win prizes ranging from $5 to $300 in value. That's not what people want to know. If Captain Fun is listening, people want to know if the blimp will be there. <laughs> Do they not? Do we not get many texts saying bring back the blimp at the Stan Sheriff Center? Uh, we've had a number of them over the last couple of years at least, and uh, that would be an interesting thing to find out if they can bring it back this year because we want the tradition back. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Okay, so I'm wondering on T-shirt throw why they don't have the bozooka at the football games. And they said because it shoots the the t-shirts over the uh, over the stands, but then again, the stand sheriff center only has ten thousand seats. It doesn't shoot it into the ceiling. But I think it's high, I think it's probably higher up into the upper level at the stand oh. sheriff center than TC Ching. I would think. Okay, that makes sense then. But can't you turn the the, the bazooka around? Maybe aim it a little lower. Is, is it does no? Because then one? you're gonna hit somebody in the throat and have a lawsuit. Eh. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you I know, sign, you a, waiver, be, yeah, sign a waiver before you come yeah, into the yeah. arena. Yeah, right. <laughs> the uh, But again, you know, more than like six T-shirts at a time, folks, please, come on. What fun is that? Hey, I want a shirt. What? It's over? you got to give the kids time to rush out of their seats and run down the aisles. Yeah. It is kind of cool how everybody treasures and values them, but that is pretty cool. Well, it's just the, it's the, it's the, the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, you know, they're not like all, "Hey, I got a T-shirt." Whoa! 
Size small? Just like with the blimp, you get those jack-in-the-box coupons that, I guess, for a taco or two. But yeah. um, people, like, it's the hunt, like you said. I hey, agree a with free you. taco yeah. is a free taco. You yeah. know what? I'll get down to the ground. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll elbow I'll elbow my way to the trough for a free taco. Are you kidding me? They got something at jack-in-the-box now. As it says monster, is it monster taco, extra large taco? What is it? It's a monster angry taco. Wow. Uh, and I think it's in, I believe it's in a Dorito shell, but it looks like it's real. It's very red, the shell. Like well, a Dorito, not two. a Dorito. They have two? They have two oh. because they have one, one angry one and then one regular. Oh, okay, okay. But these are the, that's yeah, from okay. the old days, right? They had the monster taco, right? Yeah, they did. I think they, I don't know if they did away. Maybe they did do away with that. I always get the same yeah. one. Yeah. You're right. They always maybe had that it's before. it's like the McTerrier. What is it? What's the, the McDonald's McTerrier? Well, McTerrier or the rib, the McRib. Yeah, which is coming back they're, next they're month. Seasonal. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. coming back? What's the coming back? The McRib's coming back in November. Oh, the McRib. So is many so people good. are so happy when I let them know that that I read I read that a few times. I I can't. I you know I'm trying to eat as limited amounts of carbs and sugar, so I can't have the McRib. But I'd even buy it just to take it out of the bun. <laughs> Wrap it in a, a tortilla. Like or it's something the hunt. Like that. It's all about the journey of the hunt, right? <laughs> right. Remember, we were talking to Joe Crockett, and they have Tucko Tuesday where they tuck yeah. anything into a tortilla. Yeah. Hey, Joe, now they have pulled pork uh, at Dixie Grill you can put into a tortilla, but how about a McRib into a tortilla? Aha, uh-huh. now that's, that's uh-huh. creative. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I can picture the, it's like the, the old commercial for Reese's. It's like, hey, you, 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 Dipped your peanut butter into my chocolate. Well, your chocolate dipped into my peanut butter. When worlds collide, like, right? <laughs> your 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 taco ran into my McRib. No, your McRib ran. To, <laughs> where are we going with this? All right. So anyway, what we're trying to do is um, sell sell tickets for the big game tomorrow night yes. at the Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, you can see how Hawaii, you know, how Hawaii matches up. With St. Mary's. Now, this is an exhibition game, so I believe guys like that we've been waiting for, like Juan Munoz, they'll be on a quote-unquote pitch count. But um, I'd like to see how how Morissette, for example, compares against you know guy you know one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, and St. Mary's has twelve of their top fourteen players back, so they're going to be and they were stacked last year. They're ranked twenty third, I think, in the AP poll, higher up in some of the magazines. It's a quality, quality team. Juan Munoz, we had a Ron Gennad on yesterday, and uh, I asked if, if Juan will be on a pitch count, so to speak, or minutes restriction. He said it's going to change. It's going to depend on Juan, but they're looking mm. at maybe ten to twenty minutes for now. Uh, and it'll be it'll be like not a work in progress, but it'll change based on his health and how he feels. Hopefully, at least he'll be healthy. That's the first. We want to see him on the court for more than just an exhibition game. Uh, but that's a great addition to him. We'll get to see him tomorrow night, which is going to be great. Right, and you're not going to have somebody like Noel Coleman out there for 57 minutes or however. You're not going to play 35, 36 like right. you are. You're not going to see that. Uh, we'll see this. I, we, I mean, I asked Ron about the starters, and I know I'm going to get the answer. They haven't they, they haven't finalized it yet, which you know, I kind of expected him to say. And he goes, what do you expect me to say? I go, well, I expected coach speak. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who stars. Everybody's going to play. And he went down that road, which makes sense. They don't know yet because they lost a couple of guys like Samuta and Kamaka from last well, year. So yeah. Matthew Cotton could be one of those guys. McCoy could be one of those guys. But we know that Morsec, Bernardo da Silva, obviously in the mix, if not both. And, of course, the backcourt, Noel Coleman and Javon. On McClanahan for sure, right? And I mean, this is October. I, I, you know, I would hope that 
You know what I mean? If we, if you have a starting five in October, what that tells me is you don't have much depth. Could be, yeah, could be right. That's a good point. Also, at the game tomorrow, there is an autograph session at Gate B. What does that mean? Well, after the game, but, no. Well, what yeah. is Gate B? Where is it? Is there a big B over a yeah. door? Yeah, I think yeah, there is actually. When okay. you come in the arena, it's, I think it's more by the H zone. It's in that area there. It's in the concourse. Uh, right in that area there. So when you walk oh, in... Oh, the old smoking area. Yeah, exactly. It's in that area there, yeah. So gate A is where you walk in. It's the gate where ticket holders go in, and it's to the right of that will be gate B. Right near All the right. end zone. So anyway, so they got the autograph session. Uh, that's going to be cool for the kids. Uh, or Gary Dickman will probably be in line. <laughs> uh, they're giving out uh, schedule posters. Uh, those all, I haven't seen this year's, but they always look really good. They have uh, uh, Wahine and... The Kane uh, posters. Why do we call ourselves the men's team? If we have Wahine, shouldn't we be Kane basketball? That's an huh? unbelievable question. What? That's wow. a great question. I said unbelievable. That great... That's even better than great. Wow, that's a really interesting. I wonder why. Maybe because everyone on the mainland will say Kane. Well, don't they pronounce Wahine wrong? Like I might sometimes. Uh, they say it like you do. Wahine. <laughs> That's Actually, really no, even the mainlanders get that right nowadays. All right. it's <laughs> Hey, let's give away, uh, uh, if anyone's listening anymore, let's give away Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets. You want them? You got them. All you got to do is be caller number two at 808-296-1420. This is for, uh, this is for Saturday night against Riverside uh, here at home. So call in. Second caller gets the free tickets. And we'll be right back after we tell you about pigskin picks. Go to ESPNHonolulu.com and play. You can win a uh, weekly $100 gift certificate or the grand prize, $1,000 in cash money from ESPN Honolulu. Big mahalo to Young's Fish Market and M. Dyer Global. Once again, register and win at ESPNHonolulu.com. Oh, congratulations, Brian and Kaimuki. He snagged the tickets. Congratulations. Thank you for listening, Brian. And, uh, folks, you can uh, text in or call 808-296-1420. And let's go to the Zephyr Insurance text line. We were talking about University of Hawaii football. Uh, some places now have Hawaii as a one-point favorite on the road against the Lobos of New Mexico. And here's a positive thought uh, texted in, Gary. It says, both teams are junk. Junk teams find ways to lose. We'll see who makes the biggest mistakes, penalties, etc. on Saturday. <laughs> one way of looking at it, but also the one team's going to find a way to win. It has right. to work that way. So for one of these teams, they're going to be feeling a lot better about themselves after the game because they'll get their first conference win and stop a little bit of a losing streak. Okay, so I found this website called oddsshark.com. And um, they and we still have this echo. If you can turn your headphones down, Gary, the um, uh, they say, oh, they say the final score is going to be twenty-eight to twenty-four, New Mexico State. If sister not playing, that's even more amazing because it's I mean New Mexico. <laughs> I told you I'm going to say that five or six more times. 
Uh, passing yards, New Mexico, 210 to Hawaii's 274. Rushing yards, New Mexico, 170 to Hawaii's 57. Uh, time of possession is uh, equal. Number of plays is about equal. Uh, we're going to gain 5.44 yards a game, them at 6.27. That means absolutely nothing, but I thought that was just kind of fun. I think it'll be a high-scoring game uh, partly, if not mostly, because both teams' defenses have been letting up a lot of points all year. And mm. with Hawaii's offense doing what they've done recently, again, it's, it's, it's better. It has improved. I think at least Hawaii should get hopefully in the 30-point range again, even though it's a road game. And uh, I'm hoping that they can hold New Mexico down. But I, I think the way both teams have played, most of these games are starting to be high-scoring. For, on both sides. I mean, even the UNLV game, even though they got, you know, beaten clearly in that game, it was a, a high-scoring game, but especially for Vegas. But even Hawaii started having their offense starting to do a little bit better. That's when McBride had a couple of routes where he got behind the defensive backs as well. So last couple of games for Hawaii, their offense has much improved. And New Mexico is letting up a lot and scoring a decent amount, mostly in their running game. Hey, am I, I'm, I can't remember. And this is a stupid question. Don't laugh. Um... New Mexico is high altitude? Um, I don't know. It's not high. I don't think it's high altitude, no. It, I mean, it's not Colorado or anything. I thought there was yeah. altitude in New Mexico. Anyway, I, I'm just I'm just thinking of the Shager bomb. That's all. Yeah, it might be a little, but it's nothing like Colorado, Air Force, Wyoming, and places like that. Here's what I think is going to happen in this game. I think that Coach Timmy is going to try and get these guys off to a fast start. Obviously, that's what he was trying to do in the last game. So I think that's going to continue. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, Shager bombs galore, but I would I would imagine the first couple of drives, you're going to see a couple of them. Because New Mexico State, I mean, how do you stop it? You, you're going to have a just, you're going to, what you're going to do is maybe have a, a, a safety playing center field out there. You have a really high safety. Okay, so then the underneath opens up. I mean, either way. Hawaii, I think, is going to be able to move the ball in the you know first couple of possessions. Just Braden's got to just calm down a little bit. He's just got to calm down and not try so hard. Like he says, take what they give you and don't you know you're not going to win the game in the first quarter. Just go out there and play your game, right? Yes, it's still a little surprising when you look back on last week where you had all those deflected passes in the first quarter or two. And when people bring up the bye week, oh, that's not even a good valid point anymore because San Diego State was coming off a bye week. So there was no advantage or disadvantage there. But even though they tried to move the ball, that was surprising that that was the, one of the reasons they couldn't with all those three and outs in the first quarter was those deflected passes. What I love about Stephen McBride and what he does, what he does, and I know this is kind of obvious for most of us, is that it opens up the short game for a guy like Kowali Nishigaya or even Ashlock. Because people are going to now, they know what Stephen McBride has done, what he's capable of doing, and you almost have to double him. And even even when you do double him, it hasn't really worked that much. I mean, when they're on and they're clicking, we've seen it happen the last couple of games, especially with all those deep passes. And it does open up the short passing game for, again, Nishigaya or, right. again, for others as well. Well, it, shouldn't it open up the running game? <laughs> it should as well. I, I, again, I, I, 
I, I, obviously, they don't know what the answer is either, but no matter who they put in there as a starter, last week it was Landon Sims as a starter. A couple of weeks in a row before that, it was Jordan Johnson. Before that, it was obviously Tylen Hine to the beginning of the season. Uh, Najee Bryant-Lelay was out. He's back. He doesn't really play a lot. But they, they it looks like they are looking for the guy who's going to emerge as the front runner. Because if you look at this team right now, halfway through the season, basically, and you're saying who's their starting running back, who's their number one running back, I don't know if you can say clearly which guy it is. You couldn't last year. You couldn't oh, the year Tyler before Hines that. Oh, Tyler was last year. Well, not for the entire season. Well, that was after like right? two or three it, weeks. It changes. Just like under Coach Rolo, it changed a lot. I believe under Todd Graham, uh, it kind of changes. Now, uh, Bryant Lillet, uh was successful running with the ball last week. He averaged six yards a carry. So, you know, he has four carries for 24 yards. So that was working. Uh, Land, uh, Landon Sims had six carries, only gained 13 yards. That one I'm thinking of, I think it was his first carry was for like 10 yards. Right, right, right. But that's, you know, he got stopped a couple of times behind the line of scrimmage. Jordan Johnson, I don't know what happened to him. They gave him the ball once. But Hawaii ran the ball 14 times. So I'm not ready to say the running game isn't working just yet. I think by the time Hawaii came in in the second quarter, the passing game was working so well that, well, you know what? That first drive, the run set up the pass. Do you remember that first drive we scored? Well, it was three and a, oh, the first drive they scored. The first, or the first, drive, the first the game? drive we scored. Oh. It was it was the run setting up the pass. It was a good mixture of both going down the field. And then after that, Hawaii found success in only passing the ball. Uh, maybe that's why they just didn't go back to the run. We ha- we're one of the lowest teams in the country in rushing yards per game. Yeah. Uh, and that's been going on all season long. I think. Right, I imagine, I imagine we're also one of the lowest in rushing attempts in the season as uh, well. That's easily uh, look-upable. Hey, you know what? Uh, we're running out of time right now. I'll tell you what. we got our top stories we're following. And we've got Rainbow Wahine soccer happening tonight out in YPO, 7 o'clock against UCSB. Coach Michelle Nagamine will be joining us later on on ESPN Honolulu. Be right back. Back with the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Happy uh, Nash. It's National Dress Like a Dork Day. And I see that Gary Dickman uh, is uh, already partaking. He's celebrating and uh, there in the Paxis Studios in downtown Honolulu. Uh, it's also International Gin and Tonic Day. I see you're celebrating with that. <laughs> I see that. That's why I set myself up there. You see how I gave you one there? Yeah. I've never had a gin and tonic before, actually. I'm not a gin fan. I, don't, I can't drink gin. Uh, I just know the song Cold Gin by Kiss. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I've never had a gin and tonic before. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not willing to try. But uh, happy birthday to Evander Holyfield is 61 today. Of course, part of the, the famous 1997 bout, the bite fight with Mike Tyson. Uh, happy birthday to you if you're celebrating today. Uh, top stories we're following. Well, we're just a few days away from Rainbow Warrior football 
in New Mexico. Hawaii favored by one at some sites. Think about all the Hawaii teams playing this weekend. You have soccer tonight. Tomorrow you've got men's basketball. Saturday you've got football and women's volleyball. This is what I love. I love weekends like this. And for the football team, uh, they, I think, really obviously need a win. It's a game that I think is going to be high scoring and I think could go either way. It would be great. It would really help just get confidence for the team and the fans on board if they can get a road win this weekend. It's an exhibition game tomorrow, uh, but... It is a nationally ranked team coming in in St. Mary's. Hawaii's men's basketball team goes out at Simplify Arena, Stan Sheriff Center. Tickets, very affordable, $20 and $10, etickethawaii.com, and we will see you there. Can't wait for this game tomorrow, and usually, again, not only Hawaii, but teams around the country, you'll play a club team, a D2 team for these exhibition games. Hawaii has done that against the local schools over the years, but to have St. Mary's come in, yeah, this is great. First time Iran has gone up against Randy Bennett, uh, the guy who kind of brought him in in the coaching ranks at St. Mary's, so it's going to be a fun matchup against a really good team, and we think our team is good, so it'll be an early test and an early chance to see them before they start the regular season in two and a half weeks. Yeah, not kind to brought him in he gave iran his first job uh so it'll be you know kind of a bummer when iran beats him in the exhibition game this is the first time they've ever played each other exhibition or that. not yeah. Yeah. yeah okay uh university of hawaii rainbow wahine basketball is picked number one again in the preseason coaches poll and I think we expected that after what they've done the last few years winning the Big West Tournament. they got a lot of returning stars back, some injured players back, and uh, hopefully they'll be there at the end as well. I, I have a lot of confidence that they will be there come March in the top it's, spot. Yeah, like you said, it's game day for the Rainbow Wahine soccer team. They're playing UCSB. Coach Bud's going to join us in 30 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Now, tomorrow... I think we lost Chris there, and uh, we'll try to get him dialed back in here. I see lips moving, but no uh, voice there. But, yeah, he was just talking about what's going on, I believe, when we talk about the soccer game. And, again, Coach Bud will join us in about 30 minutes from now. They are in fifth place right now. Top six make the Big West Tournament. Santa Barbara, their opponent tonight, is in ninth place. And so, you though they're the favorite, uh, it's senior weekend. It's also getting to, uh, for them for them to say aloha to YPO, the complex there, and the football team saying aloha to the grass practice field because they are going to be playing at T.C. Ching or practicing there. They always play there. And the soccer team, because of the field being on the renovation, well, they'll be there next year, but this is their last chance for this season and permanently, I guess, to be in YPO. So a lot of changes there and a lot of great history for both teams from their, I guess, will be former homes rather soon, at least for the practice uh, opportunities for Hawaii football. But for soccer, again, this is a uh, I was surprised when I first saw this earlier this week that it's the last home games of the season. They start in late August, like, you know, volleyball does and football does. But it gets over a little bit early. Of course, there's a lot of tournament games to be played. Hopefully, Hawaii will be a part of that. And uh, playoffs are right around the corner for the Big West. They will be on the road next week. But, again, these two critical matches for this week uh, really could go a long way. So, it's Santa Barbara tonight. Sunday is Cal Poly at 4 p.m. And it is senior weekend and uh, – Again, a lot at stake for these last couple of matches here at home. And uh, hopefully they will be in the Big West Tournament. They've only been able to do that once before. All right. I see that, uh, there, you know, there's so much to go over. It's so little time. 
But um, I see here that uh, James Harden is in the news. I guess he's not showing up in practice. James Harden is doing is being James Harden right now, isn't he? He is, but in a way he isn't. And to me, and I thought a lot about this because I, w- I was totally against him like most people are when you hear the, you know what you just said and even more that he hasn't played in a preseason game, didn't report at a time and things like that. But the more I thought about it, it's, it's his reputation that makes him look really, really bad now, and he deserves it by his own doing. Everywhere he's been except the OKC, he's forced his way out after wanting to go to Houston, after wanting to go to Brooklyn, after wanting to go to Philadelphia. In this case, though, think about this. He gave up a lot of money, I think about $14 million, maybe even a little bit more, to restructure his contract. They verbally promised to... Uh, explore trade opportunities and give him more money once the one year was done. So he opts in this year and it still is not working out. I think Daryl Morey is kind of the culprit there. But again, Harden... Wait, so they promised him more money and they didn't give him more that, money? That's what he's saying. I think there's something to that because he gave up all that money. He gave up again about $14, 15000000 million from like 44 or $45 million to the lower mid-30s last year. And mm. according to what was said, and I, it could be a little bit off there, but that he was told he would get the money later on after the one year and mm. that they then he wanted to trade. They said they would try to trade him. So when he says the front office and his but relationship is him. fractured, well, that's part of it. See, With his now, reputation, the Murray, don't want him. Right, but, and I think that maybe they said, hey, sign for this much. We'll give you more next year. And then he came out and maybe underperformed. And Daryl mm. Morey, like the, re- hold on, like the rest of the league, says, eh, that guy's not worth the money. And he's a cancer in the locker room. You you know, you, you're going to get James Harden, and what you're going to get is a guy that does exactly this. Pout, mope, don't show up at practice. Who wants to deal with that nowadays? Now, if you were the best player in the league, hey, you take your shot. But you're not anymore. Well, he led the league in assists last year, so he didn't have a down year. He had a really good year for them, especially with Joel Embiid being the main scorer. What he doesn't do, except for two games against Boston, is really show up in the playoffs almost over his whole career. He's had some really bad, bad game. Again, the two games they beat Boston last year, uh, he had over 40 points, I believe, in both of them. I, I, I don't hear or read that he's a cancer in the locker room. Players don't have anything against him. In fact, they've mm. spoke publicly. Oh, you know what? How- I- I should. I'm sorry. I should rephrase that. He's a cancer to the organization. Yes. Yes. He's yes, a yes, cancer yes, to yes. management. Yes. Yes. So again, even though he looks like a bad, bad person, again, the way he's handled it, and he again, it's his reputation. Oh, he might be he a nice this, person. Well, it's not even he that. Might be I, don't, a, I don't. I don't want to. I'm not saying. I don't. I just. I don't want you to put words in my mouth. I'm not saying he's a bad person. He might be a great father. I don't know if he has kids. He might be a great husband. It's just when it comes to work. He he sucks. Well, I don't, again, I don't think it's that either. I mean, he's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. He could retire today. No, he's no, a Hall no, of no, no. I'm talking about dealing with his dealing with authority. He's not very good at. He gets his feelings hurt very, very often, a little too easily. See, I'm not even sure if it's even that. I mean, he got his feelings hurt right now, really big time. But in Brooklyn, it wasn't <laughs> his feelings hurt. He just wanted out. That big three never gelled. Kyrie wasn't there, so Durant right. wanted out. Harden wanted well, out. And before that, and before that, and before he that. He wants out, yeah. I, I don't like yeah. that, but I don't think he there just. You go. That's he, what I'm getting at. Yeah, and, and again, he, he's a great player. And again, last year, you got to give him credit for being one of the best scorers in the NBA over the last decade. He changes his game to be the leading assist guy in the league. Not many players could do that. It's just that in the playoffs, he doesn't show up enough. 
Uh, Embiid shows up. Harden is inconsistent in the playoff. And this time around, yeah, he's really bad with how he's getting along with management. The things he has said publicly, wow. Uh, but again, when you think about that, again, I, I was 100% against him. But when I think about it, if he was promised verbally these things, and nobody's denied that they that he was promised them, uh, how do you expect him to react or any other player? They'd be a little upset about it. Still, you're under contract. Show up. If you want to be a good teammate like he says he is, and like I'm saying, you got to show up. So this makes him look worse and worse and worse every day. And that's why the Clippers don't, like you said, the Clippers don't want him. Uh, not to give up Terrence Mann, who was with the Philadelphia 76ers, supposedly won as part of that trade package. You already have Russell Westbrook in L.A. You have Paul George and Kawhi, of course. So Harden would not be a 30-point guy, a 30-point scorer. He wouldn't be a 20-point scorer necessarily. And he wouldn't be the guy getting all those assists. They got Westbrook for that. Say what you want about Russell Westbrook, but he and Harden, I don't think, will play well together. So the Clippers, I think, are smart. Unless it's a really cheap package in return, why would you want him? And who else would want a guy who's getting a little older, who wants $35 million and like I know you said it a couple of years ago, probably twice in the last four years. After a year or two, he's going to want his way out. And I didn't think it would happen in Philly this quick, but it did happen. Yeah. For whatever the reasons are, maybe it's all money. And, you know, maybe you know, he is worth if, – if other guys are worth $40 million, he's worth $40 million. And if he's only getting 30 and he gave back his contract, he restructured his contract for them. Maybe he wanted something from them on his end to get more money at the end of this, and he hasn't. So I can understand him being a little disgruntled. Still, the way he handles things, he is just he, – he, he's a, a cancer, like you said, and I think he's just baggage that nobody really wants to get unless you're desperate. It's hard to see him fitting in with it. Houston Rockets didn't want him. Remember, he wanted to go back to Houston first in the summer. You know, he has a home there. He has businesses there. They didn't want him. And they were a young team, so it made sense for them. Clippers don't want him, and they're in a position to win. Who's going to want him? He's already been with half the teams in the league, it seems. Look, everyone's had their chance to go get him. (laughs) And there's a reason why you're still with Philadelphia. They're tired of that. Who wants to deal with it? Yeah. That's why. And it's too bad. Now, on the other end of this, there's another player who's a little bit different, but also I think is rubbing a lot of fans the wrong way, and that's Devontae Adams of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. He is complaining that he is not getting the ball enough. And he said, his quote, one of his quotes was, I'm not here wow. just to hang out. Okay. Wow, that was, that's yeah. that's not like an NFL receiver to complain about targets. <laughs> <laughs> and again, one of the better receivers in the league, and he says, I'm a human being and I have extremely high standards for myself in this offense. They won the game, so why is that an issue, talking about the Raiders? Uh, but he said, I mean, I'll, I'll, you see why it's an issue. You, you know who I am. You know what I'm about at this point. When you're a player like me, mentally, my benchmark is not wins and losses. It's greatness. Again, it's not wins and losses. Well, that, I think, would rub a lot of people the wrong way, maybe even his teammates. It should be about Read wins and losses. Read that quote again. Uh, he said, you know who I am, know what I'm about at this point. When you're a player like me, my benchmark is not wins and losses. You, you left greatness. out a word. You left out a word. Mentally. A very important word. When you're a player like me, mentally, my benchmark is not wins and losses. It's greatness. I take that as, and I'm not disagreeing just to disagree, because I, I, I hear what you're saying. I wonder if he meant that it's, you know, mentally he needs to have, be greatness. For him to get started, it's all about him, I guess. I, I don't know. Again, I'm hoping 
and a lot of times you see these little clips. I'd like to hear the whole conversation. Is some of this being taken out of context? I don't know. Because Devontae Adams doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Maybe he's turned into it. You know what I mean? Well, if he's frustrated. But back, no. in, back in the day, if Antonio Brown said this, well, wow, that doesn't surprises me. He's not that kind of guy. But he turned into that guy. Well, Devontae Adams went there to be with Derek Carr. Derek Carr has gone after right. one year. Now you got Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian Hoyer or whoever else might be playing for them. And if he's not getting the ball enough, I can understand. I can. I don't agree with it, but I think that's why he's frustrated. But that one quote, and, well, and if it's wrong, he should de- uh, deny it or you know let people know that he was misquoted. It's not right. about wins and losses. Wow. That, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what athlete would yeah. ever say that? I'm sure athletes feel that way. But oh, to I'm, say sure that publicly, I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot. To say that publicly, it, is again, bad. it's the position. It's the position. You're out on, you know, the. Uh, and, I mean, he's been targeted a combined nine times in two games. So if you're an All Pro, more than a Pro Bowl, you're an All Pro wide receiver, and you know your idiot of a coach who calls the plays targets you nine times. I'd be pretty upset, too. And you know what? Maybe he misspoke on that. You know, maybe he actually let that out by accident. But I understand where the frustration comes. You left Aaron Rodgers for whoever the quarterback's going to be this week. And even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not what you really signed up for. It was Derek Carr, your old college teammate. All right. It's uh, 17 minutes after the hour. And uh, Coach Bud's going to join us in about 15 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, we want to let you know about um, uh, Athletes with Cole Mausoff. You can check out the episodes on YouTube or ESPNHonolulu.com. And it's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Gary Dickman, Chris Hart, Hannah Hayworth, the Sports Animals, on this Thursday morning. We'll get to some more texts coming up a little bit later. 808-296-1420, phone and text number. Uh, we talked a couple of times throughout the show this morning about the Big West basketball poll for the women's team that came out yesterday, which means the men's polls were due to come out today, and they did just minutes ago. And for Hawaii, they are picked third. Now, I say this all the time, but preseason polls are just that. They're preseason. They often change. But, I mean, if you're going to be ranking teams, it'd be better to be ranked a little higher than lower. I have uh, Lindy's magazine, and Hawaii was picked second behind Santa Barbara there. On the official poll by uh, Ken, is this the media or the coaches? It's the coaches poll, right? I think this is the coaches poll, Okay, yes. coaches poll. It's Santa Barbara won. Long Beach State, then Hawaii, Irvine, UC Davis, Cal State Fullerton, UC Riverside is 7th, Bakersfield, CSU Bakersfield, 8th, UC San Diego 9, CSUN at 10, and Cal Poly at 11. And I know this is going to sound crazy. If the playoffs start, if the tournament started today, uh, Hawaii would get Cal State Fullerton. Now, I will say this. When you look at this might not be super important, but looking at point totals, Long Beach State only has two points above Hawaii. And considering Long Beach had two first-place votes, I'm sure the more first-place votes you have, those are weighted differently than just regular votes. Mm, right. 
I think that means Hawaii had more second place votes than Long Beach State. You're probably right. You're because probably if there's right. only a two point differential, those weighted points from the first place votes seem to push Long Beach State over the edge of Hawaii. So maybe in a grand majority, Hawaii is more seen as that real second place team of the Big West. And honestly, they should be. We have a lot of really good returning players. We have the uh, trio of senior captains of Bernardo da Silva, uh, Noel Coleman, and Javon McClanahan, who, by the way, congratulations to King Vaughn being selected to the preseason coaches team. Um, then you also have a lot of really great pieces that are you know newcomers like Justin McCoy, Matthew Cotton. You have returning guys like Morsek, uh, Harry Ruliadef. I think there's a lot to be excited about this team. And if you really want to catch what this team is going to look like, hey, there's an exhibition game tomorrow with plenty of tickets to buy. Yeah, I can't wait for that game. Now, one of the things, and I'm going to have to look more thoroughly through it when you look at the Big West team, is that a lot of schools, not several schools lost key players to the transfer portal. Irvine lost two of their starters to the transfer portal. Cal State Fullerton lost their leading scorer to the transfer portal. And I'm not sure if it's Santa Barbara or Long Beach. They lost a player, a starter. So, it was, and again, it wasn't like playing time. You're losing bench players like a Beyond Riley or a Justice Jackson like for Hawaii. They were key players lost. Still, when you look at the all Big West teams, uh, for the first team, they're – all these familiar names, A, and it seems like some of these guys have been there forever. Elijah Pepper, I, I mean, it seems like he's been there six, seven years. And you know what? With the COVID for a year, he might have been there six years. So the preseason coaches team for the Big West, as you said, and I thought maybe Jovan McLanahan, when I'm looking at the graphic that was on Twitter from the Big West, maybe he got the most votes because he's listed number one. But it's actually in alphabetical order. And McClanahan, you wouldn't think would be at first in alphabetical order, but it's Jovan McClanahan, A.J. Mitchell from Santa Barbara, who hit that game winner against Hawaii uh, with about a second or two left last year here at home. I remember him very well. I think that was over Jovan McClanahan. uh, You're right, it was. Good one. You're right about that. Elijah Pepper from UC Davis is on it. Bryce Pope, really good uh, two-guard, point guard, but he's kind of a combo guard from UC San Diego. And then you have Long Beach State's player, that I'm going to try to get him correct correctly pronounced, Abugapar Treori. I know I'm a little off on there. And then Lucina Treori. A lot easier to say. Yeah. The interesting thing about them, they're from the same country, and they're not related. I mean, when I, we did the uh, t- uh, pregame show last year, uh, myself and Jerome DeRosier, Countdown the Tip-Off, at first I thought, well, they had to be you know, related, either brothers or cousins, same name, same country, but it turns out they're not. Those are really good players. Well, Everybody on these teams, are, I mean, on that team is really good and has been experienced for a while, had some really good history there. Well, it's like if you're playing BYU and you're playing against two guys with the last name Smith. You know, they're not necessarily related. They True. just and have that, the last name. And that's what I came up later thinking maybe Traore might be like Smith. Maybe it's like that. But I, I get you just have, and again, both basketball players, both have this, a similar size, but a little bit different players. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that Jovan got acknowledged. You know, a couple of years ago, you would have think you would have thought Noel Coleman would have been in this role. Last year, his numbers went down a little bit because teams kept on keying on him. And McClanahan had an unbelievable conference season. I mean, he really – he started maybe with the SMU game in the Diamond Head final, but from conference play start to finish, he was unbelievable. Most improved player and the most valuable player on this team. Yeah, because I always remember the last couple of years before Big West play, especially last year, 
my view on Javon McClanahan was definitely way lower than what it was by the time the end of the year uh, caught up to us last season. I'm excited to watch Javon McClanahan out there. And along with that, I, I'm not as worried when he's off the court anymore. Because when he was off the court, yeah, you had Justice Jackson who transferred. You had Cody Williams. But that was like all of our guard depth was right. those two guys. But now this year, you have so many more pieces. You have, you know, you hope Juan Munoz stays healthy for the rest of the year. You have a lot of newcomers. Uh, they have the Tom Beatty. You've got Beatty um, from New Zealand. I'm trying to remember all these names. Cody Williams is also still there. You also have Matthew Cotton from Yale. I think that this year, the depth looks a whole lot better than it did last year, in my opinion. It, could, it should be. It should be. And, of course, all things being considered that they're healthy, of course, like any team would be. What I'm interested in, and we saw it last year at times, is how they use more sec and Bernardo da Silva. Uh, for the most part, more came off the bench. And Bernardo, Bernardo only missed, I think, two or three games last year. He's had some injury deals uh, his whole career, but last year was really not one of them. But do you use both at once? I think you can go both ways. You can use both of them on the court. Obviously, uh, they will overlap each other, but will they both start? Which I know isn't as important as who finishes, but do you go with those guys as t starters, or do you maybe go with Bernardo, who's been the starter, have a guy like Morsec on the bench come off and do a really good job of the second unit, and maybe start a guy like McCoy or Cotton? Uh, I'm not sure what they're thinking. Arulia Def is going to be in that mix as well. And this is the thing. You talk about a lot of those really great big men. We have that ability, I think, with our depth and our lineups that we can both run huge lineups and small lineups because you have the ability maybe to even put Bernardo at the four at sometimes, put more sec out there. So you have two towers in there to play defense. You have McCoy. You have Akira Jacobs. You have Matthew Cotton. You have Noel Coleman. They can all play a pretty big lineup. And we all know that Aron Ganat is also very ready to put out a three-guard lineup. So you never yes. know. You might have like a Javon McClanahan, Juan Munoz, Noel Coleman if you're down the stretch of the game and you need to score absolutely right now. I want to be surprised to see that trio out there to be the one, two, and three. Yeah, you can go in so many different ways you can go. And as you said a, a minute ago, Tanner, I totally agree. The depth part, right now they've got that depth. And again, again, relies on being uh, healthy. That's a big part of it. But right now they are. And if you have Munoz, again, I would think he's coming off the bench. Uh, partly because of the fact that he hasn't played basketball in a really long time. But also, let's let's just say they go with a Morsec on the bench and a Juan Munoz on the bench, and let's say a Harry Aruliadef or either Cotton or McCoy. It looks like that second unit is pretty decent. And you know Akira Jacobs, the player from Japan who was on the, uh, the under-19 team in the FIBA tournament, I, I've seen video on him, and I, I say all the time, every time you look at video, it's going, it's going to be good highlight. But what I could sense, at least with him, is that the guy's got talent. Can He's you, a really good shooter, and that I don't think is just because of the video. And could you imagine, like, after, like, a year or two, after he bulks up a little bit? I mean, in a sense, and this has no means to be, like, disrespectful to Beyond Riley here, but he's kind of like the anti-Beyond Riley, where Beyond kind of was, like, physically, he was amazing, but, you know, he did have some, you know, when he was on the court, he wasn't always, you know, the guy that you would want to have with the ball in his hand a lot. Right, right. But he was physically there. Akira Jacobs has this immense talent. Now he just needs to bulk up. 
Maybe he calls up Beon. Maybe say, hey, yeah. man, can I get your trainer? He's young, but he's got long arms. He's got the nice shot. And, uh, I and again, he'll be here for several years, of course, being Fingers such a crossed. young player. Uh, but uh, you do have a lot of these weapons. And you, you would hope that one of these new players, besides the ones we've mentioned, could emerge as a go-to player. We know that when conference play starts, they're probably going to shorten the bench, go to maybe eight-man rotation, maybe nine. But I think that's kind of the cool thing about tomorrow night with the St. Mary's exhibition game. You're probably going to see... Maybe everybody play, uh, hopefully, Whether, regardless of what the score is. You, they, I'm sure Iran wants to experiment with different lineups and what better opportunity than against St. Mary's. And also, I think to say this, talking about the schedule, I don't think we want a repeat of last year's non-conference, to be fair. Yeah, we played against some okay, you know, good teams. I don't think we want to come out of the non-conference again this year with losses to like how we had last year to Yale, with losses to teams like... Um, what was it, Texas A&M Commerce, where sure, yeah. it was a pretty controversial ending, right. but we should never have been in the position to be in a controversial ending like we did against that game. So in my, when I'm looking at this non-conference schedule and I see teams like you know Northern Arizona, UH Hilo, Hawaii Pacific, Central Arkansas, maybe the only team I think of struggling against is maybe Utah and maybe Nevada, but after those two teams... I really feel like you should be coming out of this non-conference in a very good place and yeah. not with too many losses or losses to make you think, oh, man, if only we could just not have three straight three and outs every play. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, you got, you got to be able to take care of business, what you're supposed to do and win these games. And conference play, who knows what will happen. I know Hawaii, again, picked third in the poll. That's a compliment. That's a recognition of what they've got coming back. We'll get into more basketball coming up in a little bit, of course. Coach Bud Nagamini for the Rainbow Wahine soccer team will be joining us in just a minute. Would you like to win a $1,000 cash prize? A grand prize and also you can win a hundred dollar weekly prize this is an espn honolulu's pigskin picks it is brought to you by m dyer global and young's fish market just visit espnhonolulu.com right now to register and you could be a winner Gary Dickman here, Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth, the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. And we're going to welcome our guest coming up right now. She is the head coach for the Rainbow Wahine soccer team, getting ready for their final homestand of the regular season. Coach Michelle Bud Nagamine. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. And I always get, not really so much emotional, but it's always a little sad when any sports season is ending. I know you got a lot of games coming up, but at home, it's Thursday night, tonight against Santa Barbara, and Sunday against Cal Poly in what not only is the senior weekend, but also very important games as well. Oh, absolutely. Good morning, and thank you for having me on. So talk about the importance of these games, because I was seeing when you look at the standings, top six make the Big West Tournament. Right now, your team at 3-3-1 and one is in fifth place. Santa Barbara, tonight's opponent, I believe, is in ninth place. These are key games as far as getting into the Big West Tournament this week. Yes, absolutely. We have two massive games at home, and our team is looking at it as an opportunity to really kind of close the door on qualifying for the tournament. So the players are excited. The staff is, is ready. Um, and, and looking at the standings, it's typical Big West. You just can't take anyone for granted. Uh, Santa Barbara is fighting for their lives. You know, we're trying to hold on uh, to, to get into the top six. But the reality is if we do well this weekend, we could even possibly be hosting a Big West playoff match. 
So there's a lot at stake tonight. Wow. I want to get get back to that in just a second. Can you maybe explain? I know there's probably a lot of scenarios, but let's just say for this discussion, if you win tonight and Sunday, would that clinch a spot? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have done well enough this year um, to hold on to you know, one of those, the, the fifth place spot, we, we were off this week when everybody else played. So um, we were two games ahead. Uh, they played now. Everybody's caught up. So there are some really big matchups, though, that are coming in the Big West this, this weekend, you know, with Cal Poly at Davis before they come to us on Sunday. Um, that's, a, that's a big trip for Cal Poly. Um, so Davis is very good at home. They are currently sitting in third place. So we have first and third playing. Uh, Fullerton, the second place team, is actually off uh, this this week, uh, Thursday, just tonight, and then uh, they will play Long Beach State um, on Sunday. So you know, Long Beach is is in fourth place. So we've got one playing three, two playing four, and then um, it's just it's crazy all over the place. There are two teams with nine points in Bakersfield and and Irvine, um, and we have, we're sitting at ten. So. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody's all up in each other's business. Rainbow Ahini soccer coach Bud Nagamini joining us here on ESPN Honolulu talking about the playoff possibilities. Okay, and again, I know there's a lot of ways it could play out. Let's say you win one of these matches this weekend and tie, and I don't want to say, but maybe even lose if you split. How would that make your team look as far as the Big West standings? And it does seem like when you mentioned the opponents and the schedule, some of these teams are going to beat each other up a little bit and knock one of the others out. Hopefully. Yes, I think, yeah, I think, you know, looking at um, the fact that San Diego is still in their transition from Division Two to, to Division One, you know, they are not eligible for a playoff spot this year. Um, so they're currently sitting in eighth place. But if we take them out and there's 10 teams, com- you know, competing for six spots, Irvine um, actually has to play at Bakersfield tonight. So they will be, um, Bakersfield is, you know, currently sitting in sixth place um, with Irvine in seventh. So those two teams tied at nine, massive game for both of those because um, a win there, yeah, it would. So one of them, I mean, if they tie, then that's, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for us, but I think at this point with us beating Bakersfield but Irvine beating us, um, you know, I think just having one of those teams out of the equation so we were to do our job against Santa Barbara tonight, you know, we would now be sitting at 13 points. Santa Barbara would stay at eight. And then, you know, depending on what happens with Bakersfield and Irvine, one of those teams could jump um, and would be, still be one point behind us with the win. So, yeah, I, I'm liking our chances with one win and one tie. I think that gets us in. Um, possibly even the win tonight just to see. I don't know what's going to happen in the other games, but it's, it's just crazy that it comes down you know, these last three games. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago there's a possibility you could host. What would that take? Okay, so for us, in order for us to host, the um, the the third place, so the first two teams get that um, automatic, you know, road into the semifinal. So they're in the semis. Um, the, the bottom four teams, um, so three through six. Three would play six, five would play uh, four, and it would go to the location of the higher seed. So play at three and then um, play at four. So it would, I, I think for us to get into those two spots, um, you know, something would happen. Davis has Cal Poly and UCSB and Irvine. So that's not an easy trek either. So I think if we were to, 
win and tie or possibly just win two out of three, um, which is definitely a possibility. We would be sitting in a a great position to host that game uh, on Sunday, um, you know, prior, right after the, uh, the regular season ends. Right. Well, let's hope that happens. First of all, qualifying, but that again, getting to host would be an extra bonus on there as well. So I believe if I have it right, you have seven seniors. You'll be saying aloha to this week, at least for the regular season home games. Yeah, actually, we'll have, um, even though a, a couple of them have opted to go into, you know, senior night celebration tonight, they do have um, another year of eligibility. So we have uh, a number of players who are returning from that, from our squad, even though they're being recognized tonight. So um, the, the players we will be losing will be Nohara Takayama, Kelsey Sumida, Eliza Amendolia. Uh, so, and then everybody else should be back. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Now, as you honor the seniors and it's your last game in YPO, is Hazy the Wonder Dog going to be on it? Will she leave her mark on the field? <laughs> Hazy will will most likely be um, at home tonight watching it on TV. <laughs> oh, did you reserve or something? Yep, she, she has to hold down the fort. Okay, okay. <laughs> Going to leave her home alone, I guess, but for that is concerned. Yes, exactly. So, also, <laughs> we were talking, I think, off the air earlier, but the football team is going to be ending their uh, practices on the grass field. They're going to be doing the renovation and construction for the soccer team. So, what does that mean for next year? I know we're looking way ahead in the future, but what does that mean for next year for your team, where they'll play? Well, I think um, we're a little bit behind on the start date, but the – People who are, you know, in the, the powers that be have said that they expect the, the build to take about a year. So we are guessing that, you know, maybe uh, next year we'll be practicing off campus and we'll still be playing our games at YPO. Okay. And then through, through the first phase of the construction, there's no lights. So we'll probably continue to stay at YPO at least for the evening games and then uh, maybe do Sundays on campus at 4 o'clock. I would imagine, I mean, I know you do well in YPO. There's been really good crowds over there, but playing on campus, I know we've talked about it over the years, but that's going to be great for the players, the travel involved, especially on a weekday uh, when you have to get there through traffic, but even the fans and the students maybe getting a better opportunity to watch your team. Yeah, I I think I've been so impressed with just the resiliency of the group. You know, when we, today we'll leave leave UH at 4 o'clock for a 7 o'clock game. And, and in my opinion, that's not a home game. You know, you're, you're <laughs> on the road, you're traveling. So it, it's tough, but they, they don't complain. They love the fans. They love the environment and the atmosphere. And it's something that we will definitely miss, you know, in the future. But I think playing on campus offers the student-athletes a whole other experience of being able to play in front of their friends, their peers, and, and just, you know, walk out the door and go to the field and hopefully start building a bit of a home field advantage. I think we do have that at YPO because our crowd gets behind us, but the reality is we don't get to train on the pitch. We don't see the game until we're out there warming up. Uh, you know, We don't see the game field until we're actually going through warm-up. So it, it is a fantastic, wonderful venue, but it, it does present its challenges as well at times. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Everybody would want to play at home. And uh, hopefully, again, we see what football has done playing on campus, at least with the student turnout. I mean, some of the games, it's been fantastic. Some games, just okay. But it's more as far as percentage-wise than it was at Aloha Stadium. So hopefully that'll be the case for your team playing on campus as well. Yes, absolutely. We had a a, a big love circle going on yesterday, saying goodbye to our, our field that's been a part of the Rainbow Wahine soccer history and also our 
football history for many, many, many years. So it was a little bit of a bittersweet moment. You know, we took some pictures and some some videos just to to help the memories, you know, for the future. But it was it was a pretty surreal moment to see all of the construction fence going up this week. Right. The times they are changing, and I've seen some of the quotes from some of the football coaches and their memories there as well. Well, first things first, it is Santa Barbara tonight. It is senior night, senior weekend, 7 o'clock start in YPO Sunday. It'll be Cal Poly at 4 p.m. Hopefully you'll get a playoff spot clinch, if not tonight, by Sunday. Coach, thanks again for joining us. Good luck this weekend and hopefully in the Big West Tournament. Okay, thank you. All right, well, thank you so much. That is Michelle Budd, Nagamine, Coach Budd, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Of course, we'll talk about the match uh, tomorrow on our show and hopefully talking about a happy victory. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and get ready to wrap it up with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We are in the home stretch of the Sports Animals on this Thursday morning. Tomorrow we'll get an update from Mark Veneri, who is in Albuquerque, about the Hawaii football team and maybe get an injury st- uh, status update on guys like Peter Manuma or any other players as well. So we'll get that tomorrow. A uh, couple of things we uh, want to mention before we wrap it up. The University of Michigan under investigation once again for some illegal activities, having people at opponents' games. That's the wording I saw. I wonder how they specify well, who those people are, but you're not allowed to do that, trying to get some of their play calls. And uh, um, the scout, it's related to the rules violations of scouting of opponents, allegedly. Right. So this is the thing. The issue isn't that they're sign-stealing because everyone does that. If you aren't sign-stealing, you're not trying. Exactly. Uh, there's yeah. no issues about, there's no rules about sign-stealing. The issue, like you said, is them being on-person scouting at games sign-stealing. So the issue isn't them uh, breaking the rules necessarily. The issue is that they broke the rules and they got caught with their khakis down. Yeah, I know there are rules even in the Big West about as far as if you're allowed to go to a game in person. Like if the team comes here for a Saturday game and they're here Thursday for whatever reason, I don't think you're allowed to go in person to watch the teams play. I'm pretty sure that's the case in basketball, maybe even in volleyball. I want to get one text in here talking about UH football before we wrap it up. Uh, The the Zephyr Insurance text line, it says, rankings for the running game. I mentioned earlier how the running game isn't exactly there for Hawaii, and they have one of the lowest totals of rushing yards and uh, attempts and all that good stuff in the country. Okay, the texture says rankings for the running game and the passing game can be deceiving. In 2010, UH a successful season. One-third into the season, UH was number one nationally in passing with Bryant Moniz, Greg Salas, Kealoha Polaris, and others. At the same time, UH was dead last in Division I football in rushing, and that was with a starting running back in Alex Green, who later uh, obviously did, uh, had over 300 yards in that one game, I believe against New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been UTEP. So if UH favors the pass season is because it's more successful. I agree with that. And as I'm Chris fine said if we early, don't run the ball. Well, they're not running the ball as much, so that's one of the reasons their numbers are down. But it's a running shoot, and even though we have run in there, I don't think they're expected, or people might be a little surprised that they aren't running more, but I think it's more the passing offense that we've seen. That's all the time we have. We've got Major League Baseball and Thursday Night Football coming up. A lot of playoff games. Jacksonville and New Orleans and Thursday Night Football. See you tomorrow at 7. Aloha.